Lord, we just want to thank you for, for just loving on us. That's what you're doing, Lord. You're just loving on us. And you are not through with us, Lord, and we thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, this morning that you, you just have so much more of yourself you want to show us and reveal to us. I ask you to do that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Anyways, let me just read uh, Acts twenty thirty two to you this morning. I mean, if you were if you were here last week, I shared some out of Acts twenty thirty two. Sort of ended on it, uh, so now I'm starting on it. It says, "And now, brethren, and also I just want to remind you, this was like Paul's last words to he gave to the elders of, of, of at Ephesus when he was leaving, and he said, "I'll never see you again." So these are like. Uh, the last words of a person, and you know, in the court system in the United States, uh, a, a person's dying words carry a lot of weight, and so these are weighty words, and he said, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. In other words, I'm committing you to God and the word of his grace, and then this is what's going to happen, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And if you remember, I talked about that phrase, build you up. It's, it's the phrase that we in this world, uh, Jesus says we can, walk, we, can, we can have peace. We can have peace in Him, but in this world we're going to have trouble. That's what He said at the end of the last couple of verses in John 16. Peace in Christ, but trouble in this world. And that's the picture that Paul's given is there's trouble, there's storms of life that we're all going to experience and this picture here, the word of His grace is, is a thing. It's like the picture of a house that was in a great storm and, you know, some shingles got blown off of it or a tree blew over on it and injured the house. And the, the word of His grace builds up, re, restores and re, revitalizes, revitalizes the house. And so Paul was really uh, committing them to that word of His grace, to God and the word of His grace so that our lives could be continually repaired from all the storms and difficulties that we have in this in this world, and also not only that, not only does it fix you, it positions you for the inheritance, the spiritual inheritance that God has for all His family. Every person has an inheritance in Christ. You know, in the natural realm, you know, it's a good day if you got a if you had a, a family member or a friend who passed away and left you part of their fortune. Wouldn't that be a great day to hear get a, a letter from an attorney saying, "Come." You know, you, your friend left you millions of dollars. That's sort of the fantasy, right? Well, you know, or in, you know, it could be smaller things. It could be like family, you know, like heirlooms from the family of something that's just passed down from generation to generation. And and that's how God is. God has uh, he has things that he want, has for every family and every person. You know, inheritances that he wants us to have. And and the only way we're going to be able to come into those inheritances, though, you see, there's a hindrances to the inheritances. There's things that hinder us uh, to, from being able to really enter in and receive all that God has for for us. And so Paul was saying, I want to really commend you that, because so, this is what's going to bring you in fully into all that God has for you. That's exciting. All His promises, all His prophecies over your life, all that God meant for you to have is a... In, from eternity past, from all the way back to Adam, okay, all the way back to Adam, God had something for each of us to have. Yet, many of us, what we've inherited is we've, we've inherited genetic disorders, you know, sicknesses, you know, generational sicknesses, 
uh, that are that's a lot of what we've inherited because because somewhere the enemy has been able to to rob us, rob our families. Sins have been committed and things have happened that have robbed us of our birthright. And God wants to begin to restore those things to us, you know, and it's called the God and the Word of His grace that does that. Well, uh, several years ago, uh, I had this powerful vision. Now, in your Christian life, there are going to be t- there are going to be specific visions and things that God reveals to you that will live on with you in your in your walk with God. It'll, you'll always go back to that. It's something that never really is going to leave you. You'll always have that and carry that. Well, I had this one particular vis- vision several years ago. Uh, and what I saw was this, uh, I saw this soldier, okay, and he was a very, you know, beautiful soldier, very armed, you know, he had armor on him, uh, like, you know, in the ancient times. I had all this armor on him. He looked absolutely fearsome and awesome. And this soldier was on a horse, okay, and there were these other three soldiers, okay, they was, and they were all sitting on a horse, and they were looking down into this valley uh, and seemed to be discussing what was happening in the valley down below them. And that one of them on the horse, one of them in the middle, called this other soldier that I saw originally, called them him over there, and he said to the soldier, Take my colors into the enemy's camp. When I saw that, I knew that these three soldiers... One of them was the Lord Himself. It was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? And they had called this particular soldier, and, and he was receiving a commission to take the colors, the, you know, the, the colors being, you know, the heavenly, heaven on earth, the blood of Jesus, take it down there into the valley of mankind. Okay? That was, that was what this person was being called to do and commissioned to do by the Lord Himself. Well... Then I heard the thoughts of this soldier who was being told to go down there. Suddenly I I was hearing this person's thoughts. And here's what they were saying. I can't do this. Does he really want me to do this? I can't can't do this. And at that moment, I realized I was that soldier in that armor. Okay? And I realized there's something wrong with me. Okay? At that moment, I realized there, there were issues in my life. Although the Lord had a calling on my life, although the Lord had a commission on my life, He had direction on my life, there were things in me that were going to hinder me from being able to do what He had called me to do. You know, for a long time there, I was focused, sort of focused on the armor because it, so, it was so glorious looking, okay? Well, you know, everybody has access to the armor of Christ, right? Yeah? I mean, so the armor really had nothing to do with me, that was, that was the armor of Christ. But there was this person sitting inside that armor that has some real, real issues. And at that point, it was right after that, that God really initially gave us a real powerful revelation of grace. Okay? It was right after I had that vision. Because I didn't really under, fully understand the vision. And I really, then we received this revelation of, of grace of the grace river of God, the real river of God. I received this revelation, and God began to work in my life. Okay? Now, I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't putting all this together, you know, because God works in us many times. We don't really understand what's happening. But really what happened, what began to happen to me, I began to have these powerful experiences with the Lord. 
these powerful encounters with the Lord, and they were all aimed at one thing. God was working on my inner man. God was going after all the hurts, all the pains, and all the things in me, some of which I had no clue were even in me. Things going back to my childhood, things that had happened to me, that I had no, I had no clue those things, I had even no memory of some of them. I had no thought that they were even bothering me until the Lord began to reveal those things to me. And so I went through this process with the Lord, this, this time with the Lord, where He began to really set me, set the person inside the armor free. Okay? And really began to change me, change who I was, really beginning to work on who I was, really begin to tell me who I really was. Okay? And begin to open my eyes to really see Him for who He really is. And it was a powerful, very powerful time for me personally. And uh, I can remember sharing the, some of that with people around me at the time because it wasn't happening around me. And, you know, you just get these odd looks from people like, you know, because people weren't really connecting with it because that wasn't sort of their, sort of their paradigm, so to speak, of, you know, inner healing, deliverance. I went through uh, a lot of deliverance, actually, because as a, as a young person... Uh, I was very spiritually minded. I was very interested in, in spiritual things. And, and I looked for God. I was looking for God. I was looking for a spiritual thing. And I couldn't find God where everybody said God was at. I couldn't find Him there. So I went and found what I thought was God, who I thought was God, and, and the other things that really were not God. But I didn't know they weren't God. I was involved in occult practices. I didn't know they were occult practices because I was just spiritually hungry. I was searching out for the Lord. And so... After I got saved, and when I began to have, go through this thing with God, the Lord began to bring these things up to me and speak to me about things I had been involved with and reveal to me, you know, what they were and how bad they were. And, and, and I was able to really, you know, get free of these doorways into my life that the enemy had. A lot of people think that when you're saved, everything's fixed in your life. But it's not true. Everything's not fixed in your life. Okay? It's, it's, God has to work in our life uh, because when we get saved, we're born again in our spirit, but we're not necessarily fixed in the realm of our soul. Okay? And God began to fix things in the realm of my soul was what He was doing. And then my heart, my emotions, my feelings, all those areas. And see, that was just like a major transformation that began to happen in my life. And it was because of what? The Word of His grace. That God began to work and work and work in me, and He delivered me of a lot of, you know, bad stuff, a lot of bad uh, uh, strongholds I had and a lot of bad thoughts I had. And He began to heal my, the way I saw Him. He began to heal my eyesight, my spiritual eyes, where I began to see God differently. I began to see Him in a way I'd never seen Him before in my life. Uh, I began to see Him, and, and it eventually led to seeing Him as a really, as my Father, and on a true level, not just some uh, theological, doctrinal level, as as a, on a personal level, which was just absolutely, that was an absolutely transforming revelation for me. Uh, and so what happened to me was once I began to see myself, once I began to see God differently, and God for who He really is to the degree He was showing me, because I don't to this day fully see God. Nobody does. But once I began, that began to happen in my life, I began to see myself differently. For the first time in my life, I began to really understand myself. 
I began to understand who God created me to be and who He said I was. And, and my life began to really change then. Because, that's, you know, everybody's looking for identity. Everybody's looking for purpose and, and calling and stuff. But ultimately, you, none of those things will work in your life. It's, it's what I'm telling you. In the vision, the Lord Himself was calling me. He was commissioning me. But I was so messed up in my heart, I could never fulfill that calling and, and commission. I was, too, I was full of fear. I was full of insecurity. I was full of wrong thoughts. Are y'all following me? Are you excited? It's kind of hot in here, isn't it? Anyway, somebody help us with the air conditioner. Anyway, so these things, you know, begin to happen to me. And so I begin to have a different perspective of life. Okay, I begin to not only see myself different, see God different. I begin to see other people different. And I begin to see my life in a whole different manner. And I begin to see the hand of God in my life. I begin to see the hand of God all through my life and how God was always there in my life, working in my life, doing things in my working for me, working in my circumstances, trying to help me get through moments and trying to, trying to reveal Himself. And, and, you know, all of a sudden I begin to catch those things. Becky had a dream. I'll just say this before I forget. She had a dream last night. Here's what the dream was. In the dream, this friend of grace, you know, our daughter's named Grace, this friend of grace had been giving Becky all these gifts, but she wasn't getting them. She wasn't seeing the gifts. And finally, she, she saw them, and she saw they were, she opened these gifts up, and there were all these little things, these little encouragements, these little words, these little tokens. It was the Holy Spirit. The friend of grace was the Holy Spirit, and he's been giving us tokens. He's been saying little things, and I've I begin to in my life. I begin to see all that. I begin to see the hand of God in my life. I begin to see God working in my life. I begin to see situations differently, and I realized that God had really done something pretty profound in me. He had completely transformed me and completely radically changed my mind and my heart about a lot of things. Yeah, Amen. And so. What happened is what I've what I've what I was learning to do is is to go into situations in life, okay, and not because I'd always feel pressured. I'd always feel pressured to, you know, have the answer or profess, pr- pressure to do whatever, and so I just quit having this pressure. I quit having pressure to to perform. I have I quit having pressure to do. I just here I just came and I would just be. And I realized just being that God would use me. I would open my mouth and say stuff. And it would be God. God would just use me. I could walk into a, a situation and just know that when I showed up, that God was showing up. I'm not being... I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. This is our calling. This is, this is the glory that we have as believers. And as I begin to, tr- begin to apply that to my life, to live my life that way, you know, just to live my life instead of judging everything and making, you know, determinations about people and about situations. I just determine I'm just going to show up in those situations. And God will do what God will do. And I begin to see God do that. Why was He able to do that? Because these hindrances in me were removed. They were, they were removed. You know, about the only thing that I learned how to do was this. Well, I got all these opinions and attitudes, Lord. So... I'm checking my opinions and attitudes at the door. You see what I'm saying? Just, I'm just going to check them at the door because to tell you the truth, that's just an opinion. That's just an attitude. 
that's just some theology or some doctrine I may have. That may not even be right. I'm checking it at the door. And once I was able to do, let go of those things, then God was able to really begin to really use me in, in some powerful ways in people's lives to really bring that healing that God brought into my life into other people's lives and just, by, just by having a discussion with them, a talk with them. And because when you begin to become the real you, people are going to be attracted to the real you. You see, that's the, the, the thing that most Christians are deceived about, is they feel like they've got to be something else. Okay, so we're going around trying to be something else, be somebody else, because we don't really know who we are, and we don't really think we're good enough on the inside. So we try to be something else, and, and it just, it's repelling because people want something that's genuine and real. That's what the world's looking for. They're looking for the real thing. And, and so when you begin, begin to be the real thing, people will, will reach out to you because they're, they're starving for it. They may not know what they're looking for. They may not know why they're reaching out to you. But in their heart of hearts, they're reaching out for God because they feel like here's a person who's got God. They may not think that, but they sense that. And they're desperate for God. The world is desperate for God. Are y'all, are y'all following me? So, you've got to be the real you. And the only way you can be the real you, just in case I didn't say it, only one person can tell you who the real you is. That's the Creator. The Father. Only the Father can say, this is who you are, this is who I created you to be. No one else on the earth can do that. Now, He'll use people, He'll use situations, but only He can. And so when you begin to know Him, then you can begin to really know yourself. That's a very, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's pretty rare in the church. It's pretty rare with Christians. Rare Christians who really know themselves. Rare Christians who are really secure in who they are. Because only God can give you that security. All right. Let's look at it. Are you okay? Ezekiel 47, verse 12. Y'all just working me hard up here. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. This is one, you know, if you want to know about the Holy Spirit River, read Ezekiel 47. It's the most complete uh, account of the Holy Spirit River in the entire Bible. Uh, and, but this is one verse out of this. I just want to show you this one thing. This, this is the, the river of life. When it gets released, it says, All along the bank of the river, on this side and that side, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. See, that's really what God's looking for. The desperate are hungry. That's how you have something for the hungry. It's this river of God, this river of life, this river of grace, this God and the Word of His grace. That's what it is. That's what gives, that uh, enables you to have food to give the hungry. Their leaves will not wither. A lot of Christians withering right now, right? Because we've sunk our roots into to other things like the American economy or, or your calling or, or this or that, whatever you sunk your roots into, it will cause your, your, your leaves to wither. You'll wither in your life because all that's temporary and eventually it's going to come to an end. And their fruit will not fail. That's pretty good, right? No failure on the fruit. They will bear fruit every month. That's talking about a person who's walking in a real you know, renewal, refreshing kind of thing. Because their water flows from the sanctuary, from heaven. They're getting their life from heaven. That's what it says right there. Getting their, that's why you don't wither. That's why you have fruit. That's why you have food to give people. Isn't that powerful? Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. 
medicine. So, you know, we got some great ministries in this church. One of them is called Sozo Ministry. Uh, saved, healed, and delivered. Sozo Ministry is a leaf from the Holy Spirit River. And you know what Sozo Ministry is? It's what all I went through when God began to deal with that person inside that armor. He was just doing the sozo on me. He was just what people do now. For You know, we set people down. We help them. We help them go through their issues. We try to help them. God was doing that for me because at the time we didn't have a ministry like that. I'm sure there were ministries like that. I never heard of ministries like that at that time. But God was doing it for me, helping me. And I have seen so many people, you know, because there's more of that stuff going on than you realize because, of course, you don't advertise stuff like that because people are going through their issues. But I have sit down with people and just to be able to pray for them at the end of it and just hear some of the stuff they're saying about what God has done for them. This one woman said, it just sort of disturbed me. Up so much. She said, I feel like I've never even known God before. This is a grown woman who's been a Christian for years. I've never known God before. That's what she's saying. Like, this is a brand, all this is brand new now for the first time in my life. I'm seeing God the way God really is. Not what somebody else told me or, or something I had in my mind about God. And that's what that does. It heals people to really see God and know God and have this relationship with Him. That is a very powerful ministry. Then, of course, we have the healing rooms where people are invited to come for sicknesses, you know, physical healing. That's all from the river of grace. It's a, it's a tree. It's a, it's a tree. It's a leaf from that to heal. That's why Jesus was so into healing because he was operating from that river. That's you know. That's why he was. He, that's why healing was a big deal because that's what it does. It's it's a fruit. It's an outcome. And then of course the wellness center is uh, you know more of a holistic where you know you bring in all the healing. Uh, what tools from counseling to medical science to prayer, all of it. I mean, it's sort of a combo, all of it. And, you know, there's some people that's been, uh, you know, just powerfully, you know, touched. I knew this one guy who did that, and literally that man was going to kill himself. Literally. That, I thought he's going to kill himself if something don't happen in his life. He was so desperate. He's like a different person now. He's got hope. He's got dreams again. That's, that's, I mean, that's what happens. That's what God wants to do. And see, there's a world of dying and hurting people out there. But if we're walking around inside our little armor of God, and we're just so insecure and so messed up ourselves, we'll never be able to release any of this, any of this wonderful river that we carry. Right? And God is calling us to take His colors into the, into the enemy's camp. I love all this. This, is, this will change your life. You will never be the same if you can really tap into this revelation of grace. Because, see, the revelation of grace, grace brings all this. It releases all The Bible says Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. That doesn't mean he was 50% grace and 50% truth. It means he was 100% grace and 100% truth. Okay? That's really what that means. One, he was, he, see, we have this big diabolical thing, grace, truth, grace. No, he was saying, I'm all grace and I'm all truth all the time. It's, and it's really true, and, it's, and that's really how this thing works. It's powerful, isn't it? I mean, God is just awesome, and God is... And see, what I'm telling, why I'm telling you is because God is saying, I'm going to release a higher level, a greater level of this grace river. 
than you've experienced. There's a whole other revelation of it. There's whole other dimensions of it that you don't even know about yet. All right, now, I want to talk about the inheritance part. Are y'all still good? The inheritance part is really important because this is something that God is trying to do right now. He's trying to bring people into their spiritual inheritances. This is really important to the Lord. Let me go ahead and tell you this before I read this. Uh, I had this dream recently, uh, and it was one of those dreams that just totally confounded me. And I was, here's what the dream was. I dreamed I went back to my childhood home, okay? And, and there were these people there, and they had all the stuff from my childhood, from our home, stuffed up in these boxes, and I pulled up in front there, and they wouldn't let me onto the property. And, they, and, they were, and I said, they said, why are you here? And I said, I, I said, I'm here to get my stuff. My stuff is in there. And the woman was sort of resistant to me. And then this other guy came, and I saw him come, and I knew right away he's going to resist me, okay? I knew he was not for me because he had this aggressiveness on, you know, like I was bothering him. And he said, uh, well, who are you? I said, well, I want him to get my stuff. I grew up here. My, that's you. Y'all have got my stuff. I want my stuff. And he said, well, you can't get your stuff today. In fact, you're going to have to go next week and get a permit to get your stuff. That's what he said. You're going to have to get a permit to get your stuff. And I was furious in the dream. I was furious. And I, was, I even thought about it. This is no kidding. In the dream, I was thinking, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show them. I'm going to bring fire down from heaven on their hides over this. You know, in the Bible, some guys were thinking about doing that. I was literally, I was so mad. I was like, I'm going to bring fire down there. I'll show them. You know, they're going to resist me. That's my stuff. I want my stuff. But then I thought, well, you know, the Lord didn't really appreciate those guys wanting to bring fire down on people, so I guess I should just go on. And that was the end of the dream. And so I, it, it was in the middle of the night. I got up, man, and I stayed up, you know, for three or four hours. Lord, what does that mean? i got to know. I know you're trying to tell me something. You know, it was just like the blank wall, you know. Whereas, you know, you know, God, it's like God came and left. You know, and I'm still by myself now. I'm by myself. God just spoke to me. I'm by myself, Lord. You ever had that feeling? What, what happened to you? Uh, and then, but Becky, then Becky got up and I started telling her a dream. She said, oh, I know what that means. I mean, instantly. What does it mean? You got anger in you about your inheritance. And when she said it, it was like the sword of the Lord went right into my heart. I thought, I got anger in me about my inheritance. And I knew it said, Lord, I knew it was the Lord. I knew what he was saying to me. That I had anger. And anger was a hindrance to me being able to receive my spiritual inheritance. And he was exposing. See, it was the love of God. It was the mercy and grace of God saying to me, you got this anger in you, son. We need to get that out of you out of you, because it's going to hinder you. From because the wrath of man accomplishes nothing, and you've got this long-standing anger in you that I want to take out of your life. So I just said, open myself up to the Lord right then. It's yours, Lord. Take you. I confess you. I acknowledge you. Too. I renounce you. I did everything there is to do. Okay. Then now let me read this to you. Luke 15. Everybody who who loves the Bible should love Luke 15 because it's the story of the prodigal son. Remember the prodigal son. In the Bible, remember, let me do, I'll tell you it to you real quick, half off, then I'll read it, rest off. There was a father who had two sons, and obviously this father was very wealthy. And one of the sons shows up one day and says, I want my inheritance. He demanded his inheritance, and the father gave the son the inheritance. Well, the son was not ready to receive the inheritance. Okay? You see, that's one of the keys we had to learn. You see, we want our inheritance, 
But if we're full of messed up stuff on the inside, we will squander our inheritance. I always said, if I was a multimillionaire, are y'all cold? Now everybody's cold. They're grabbing their coats. They're covering up. They're shaking. <laughs> you can't make everybody happy. That's why. I will confess to you, this is my philosophy at church. I'm making myself comfortable. <laughs> everybody else, I, I can't make everybody because the women are cold, the men are hot. <laughs> yeah, amen. Anyways, I always said if I was a multimillionaire, I wouldn't give my kids one dime of that money until I at least was 30 years old. Because I was a 20-something-year-old young man at one time. I know how crazy I was. I'd have burnt through a million dollars like there was, you know, no tomorrow. I would have 20 pairs of everything, you know. I, would, I, I thought, well, my kids, I'm going to let them grow up some and become, you know, seasoned in their life and mature and everything. And so when they have great wealth, that great wealth won't have them, right? I'm going to give God a chance to teach them how to be men. And went, well, I never had that chance. Okay, but this prodigal son, he had a chance. The father gave him all this, this wealth. And this boy, because he wasn't ready for it, went out and spent it on wine, women, and song. And just drank himself into the hole, parted himself in the hole, probably bought drugs, boatloads of drugs for all his friends, you know. Until one day, the economy collapsed. And he found himself busted and broke at the bottom. And he was so broke that he was eating what would be scraps off the table that was fed to the hogs back in the country before they had people didn't have money. They would feed, they had this thing, this, this slop jar is what they caught. And they would throw this slop in it and then go slop the hogs with it. And that's what this boy was eating because he was going to starve to death if he didn't. And so he was out there one day in the hog pen and realized, you know what? The servants in my daddy's house are living way better than I am. I'm going home, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell my daddy, Daddy, I've sinned, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. Just make me one of your servants in your house. Just make me a servant. And so he headed home. Okay? And this is what happened. When he got within sight of the home, he was rehearsing this play, this speech he was going to give to his day, which he sincerely meant. He was rehearsing it over and over in his mind. But he didn't realize this. He got within sight, and he didn't know that every morning, every afternoon, the father would go out and look, scan the horizon, looking for that boy, wondering, is this the day he's coming home? And he saw him on the horizon, and the father did not wait for him to come to the house. The father ran to him. And it's, the Bible says he fell. He fell on him and wept on this boy. Now, you tell me that in a picture of God the Father. You see, he reached out to this boy and wept on him. And that boy started giving this speech, and the father didn't even, he didn't even pay attention. He said, get, get the best rope for this boy, which is whose rope? The father's had the best right. He needs to be covered because he's in rags. He needs to be covered. And also, get the signet ring. And in old, those days, that was like, you know, the credit cards you slide 
through the machine. Well, that's how they did it in the old days. They had a ring that had a signet on it. And they would go and they would buy something. And they'd take that ring and stamp it in wax, meaning you, he had access to the family fortune again. And also get shoes for this boy because in that day, only slaves went barefooted. Sons wore shoes. Father was saying, there's none of this slave stuff. You're a son. You'll always be a son. And you are welcome back. And you can have everything again. You can have it all back. Now, here's the truth about most Christians, okay? Most Christians don't see the Father like that. In fact, this is the picture that, that I have of most Christians. We used to have this dog. His name was Josh. He was a beautiful dog. He was one of those huskies. If your name is Josh, he had blue eyes, a blue-eyed dog. You know, He was beautiful. But this dog was a beaten dog. And this dog, I could walk into the room where this dog was, and he would go up against a corner in the room and pee. That's what he would do because he was so afraid. Any male, any big person could walk around that dog, and it, it flipped him out. He cowered. And see, most Christians, when we think about God, we're like that. We're cowering from God. We're cowering because here we were. We've messed our lives up so much. We've wasted everything. And we're cowering. And we're peeing on the corner. We're peeing on the wall like a dog that has been beat to death. And that's the way that son was. I Just let me be a slave, but please don't hurt me. And the father was weeping on this boy's shoulder, weeping on him. When we get to begin to see the Father like that, things begin to change in our life. Something begins to happen in us. Because we don't no longer feel like a dog being in the corner somewhere because we're afraid. We're being loved. We're being embraced. We're being restored. That's what that, that's what that revelation of grace did to me. Because I was that dog. I was, I was consumed with fear. And I think most Christians are because we've, been, we've had this thing about God. I think I said one of the things that God worked on me is this is this is who I am, Byron. I want you to see me for who I really am. Not what everything in this in your life has told you I'm like. Not what any person's ever told you. I want to tell you what I'm really like. And when I begin to see him like that, my life began to change. I began to change. I begin to see him different. I begin to see myself different. I begin to see everybody else different. It'll set you free. It's, it's healing. It's deliverance. That's why I, I, I was invited to go in this church this past Sunday, this past Wednesday, whenever it was, this past week. I thought, I don't want to go in this church. That's what I thought. I don't want to go in here. This is, this is bad news in this place. But the pastor told me that he was all messed up. So I said, I'll walk in there with you. And he started pouring his heart out to me. And I was thinking, I want out of here. <laughs> That's my thought. Gotta get out of here, Lord. I don't. I don't want to be in here. This is. There's no answer for these people. And all of a sudden, I just started opening my mouth, and these words started coming out of my mouth. I thought, Wow! I wish I'd have known that before that moment. It's just showing up and letting God flow through you. It's just being an open heaven wherever you go. It's just letting that river of of grace that's inside you just come out. I always felt like I, I miss. I don't know if I said this, but I want to say it one time. When I feel pressure to do something, when I feel I have to do something, when I feel like I've got to perform, I can't. I can't do it. I can't get the answers. But if I just let go and just be, 
There's something happens. There's a, there's a transaction that happens. And it just begins to flow. And it's amazing. Anyways, so the party is thrown. There's a party thrown for this prodigal son. They did all this stuff. They restored him. And then they had a party. They got this fatted calf, which was, was a special calf. It was the one for the big barbecue, for the big cookout, that they had been set aside and fed at special food so it would taste really good. I mean, this was a spe- it wasn't just any calf. It wasn't just some fat little calf around. This was the one that God, that the Father had prepared for a special occasion. So he got that one. It meant this was important. But there was this other brother suddenly shows up in the scene. Okay, the other brother. It says now, this is his older brother was in the field. Okay, you know what in the field means? It means all the people who are working for God. All the people who are serving God and doing all these awesome things for God. They're out there in the field working hard. And at the end of the day, they're coming in and there's a party going on. There's a big party. I've been wearing my rear end out today and there's this party. What's the deal? So he calls a... He hears music and dancing. People just... It's just music and dancing. There's something good happening. Music and dancing is a good thing. We need more music and dancing, right? So he called one of the servants and they said, What's going on? And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he, being the father, has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Ooh, that was like... But he was angry. He was angry. Angry. Anybody got any problems with anger this morning? Are you mad at somebody? Are you angry? Are you angry deep down in your heart and you don't even know it? That's what I was. I was angry down in my heart. I didn't even know I was angry. Suddenly I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh. There I am in the Bible, angry. He was angry. Okay? And would not go in. Stayed out there, mad. See, that's what's happening with a lot of people. Your anger is keeping you out from what God has for you. But here's the good news for all the angry people, for all the messed up people. There's good news for you too, just like there are for the, for the ones who got lost out there, for the ones in this room that are lost this morning because your view of God. Okay, there's good news. I love this. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. Pleaded with him. The father, see, the father just didn't sit there. Well, he'll just need to get over it. Now he went out just like he did with that other son. And went out to him. See, they all, everybody gets this opportunity. I don't care which, what side you fall on. You can be the prodigal, falling into sin, you know, falling into temptation, lost out there in the world somewhere. Or you can be the prodigal sitting in this room this morning, serving God diligently, pouring your life out for God. And then God blesses somebody, and you're so resentful and so upset about it. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever watched somebody else get a blessing and you're seething on the inside? Oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> Where's Lord? Have you ever done that? Surely I'm not the only person in the room who has done that. Yes. You know, and that's what was going on. Big smile on your face. I just, I'm so happy for you. Praise the Lord. God, why don't you do that for me, Lord? Why are everybody else being blessed? That's the way people are. I've felt that way so many times in my life. <laughs> so he answered the Father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. Actually, the word there is not serving, it's slaving. All these years I've been slaving for you and trying to 
to make you happy and do everything you told me to do. And you never, ever, ever get any of this for me. God, what's the deal? Surely you've been there. Surely you've had that conversation with God or one similar to that. I've had that conversation with God a hundred times and I've had it one time. You know, I never did anything. You never gave me a young goat that I might make marry with my friends. I'm just working on my friends thing. But as soon as this son of yours came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Isn't that powerful picture of the father? And this is, the, this is it. This is what the father said to him. He said to him, Son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. You're always with me. Everything I have is yours. You didn't have to slave for nothing. You didn't have to do anything. It's yours. The thing that's keeping you from knowing it's yours is your own thinking. It's your own mind. Because you're like that dog peeing in the corner. You're afraid of me. You're scared of me. You think I'm a hard, mean person. I'm not like that at all. I want you to have everything because you're a son. You're not some person that don't belong in the family. You're everything to me. Everything I have is yours. And God has been trying to convince people of that from, from the day one, from the, especially from the time that Jesus hung on the cross. He's been trying to convince us of this one thing, that we're His and everything He has has been given to us. Everything. Everything. It was right that we should make Mary and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and now is found. And so what God wants to do for people, this is what the grace does. It brings you in the inheritance. See, he couldn't get into his inheritance. He couldn't get into it. He was stuck on the outside looking in, even though he was right there. But he was in his heart, in his mind, he was stuck on the outside. He was on the outside looking in, and he was so resentful and angry. And that's what God was showing me in that dream. Anger is going to keep you from having your inheritance, just like it kept this man. The what you believe is going to keep you out. And so I, God's saying He wants to release this whole other level of, of grace. And there's going to be all this healing, but there's also going to be this enablement to come into everything you've ever dreamed of in God. Every promise, everything that you ever wanted. God wants us to have it. And He's looking for people, okay? This is really what I believe God's looking for. He's looking for people who can make stands in their life. Like, you know what? My family messed everything up. It's true. Someone said this. Everybody's born with two things in their life. One a gold mine and one a toxic waste dump. And it's the truth. Everybody... We're walking around with a toxic weight dump in our hearts. All the wounds, all the hurts, all the messed up stuff that we get, that we inherit from our families, from our bloodline, or that gets dumped into us when we start walking out and living in this world. People saying stuff, people doing things to us. You know? But then we also have this gold mine. That gold mine is being the Lord and the riches of His inheritance. And what God wants us to do is to get rid of the toxic dump he wants to reclaim all that 
you know, get all that toxic, toxic stuff out of your life, out of your heart, out of your thinking. That's the God in the Word of His grace is able to build you up. That's getting the toxic stuff out of you. But there comes a time when He says, Now, let's get you into what I really meant for you to have on this earth. And let's get some people who can say, You know what? I got children, I got grandchildren, I got great-grandchildren, possibly. And as far as until the Lord comes back, that I want to take a step. I want to chop off the toxic stuff that they won't get it passed down to them. I want to keep them from having to live with toxic stuff. I want them to be able to get it. So I've got to go and I've got to get it. I've got to fix it. I've got to take a stand. You know, I've got to take the stand and draw the line. The bloodline, right? Ain't that what it is? The bloodline. I'm putting the bloodline down, and I'm not going to have this toxic waste dump anymore. I'm going to let the Lord get it out. So if He says I have anger, I got anger. Lord, we need to get rid of it. I'm sorry I have it. I don't know where it came from. It came from somewhere. Or if He says I got whatever. And so what happens? We get free, and we start getting healed. And it enables us to grow to that place where the Father says, Now, the inheritance, you can begin to have it. You can have those millions of dollars that I've waited to this day to give you. And see, God's been waiting on a lot of people. It's like waiting. And one of these days, you're going to hear the Lord say, I've been waiting for this for a long time for you. For a long time. I've been waiting for this moment to hand you the keys to the car, keys to the kingdom. Because now you're ready to really take these keys and do something with them. And it's really the truth. That's really the way it is. That's what really what a revelation of grace will do for you. So this morning, what we want to do is get a revelation of grace, a new revelation of grace. If anybody's anybody interested, having a new level of grace come into their life this morning, why don't you stand up and we'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Because I believe in what I just shared with you. It's really real. Now, what we want to do is ask the Lord, okay, this morning, this is the good news. If you felt like the Lord was speaking to you, this, that's how you got saved, right? You heard the Lord. And it caused you to get saved. Okay? There was power in what you heard. That's what Becky was saying. Those little tokens, friends of grace, given. There was a token given this morning. I really believe that with all my heart. A token from heaven was released in this room this morning. If you caught it. Now, that's the truth. I believe, I believe as much as I believe anything. And I believe God in the Word of His grace is able to fix your life. That's the answer for you. That's the answer for me. It's the thing that's able to bring us in to everything that He designed for us to have. That's it. And if you feel like God, if you heard that, if you heard that, if you just said, oh, I heard that, I take that, Lord. It's a choice you can take. It's a choice to receive it. That's how we get into this. We, we just make a choice and just receive it. That's how we came into this revelation of grace. We heard it and we said, yes. We want that. And it opened the door. And so that's one thing. I think also the, the pee and dog thing. 
If you feel like you're that dog that runs and cowers, that's really how you see God. It makes you want to pee in your pants because you're just like, you know what? I'm just so messed up. That's what's wrong with that dog. That dog we had, this is really the truth about that dog. We tried our best to love that dog and care for that dog, but he could not receive any love. He could not receive any care. And if you would let that dog go, he would run away because he was so full of fear. You could never get him. You'd have to trick him. You'd have to run him down and trick him and corner him to capture him. That's the way a lot of Christians are with God. They're running it because they think that this God that we serve is just, just this hard dude that wants to beat them. But the beating we've taken has not been God. It's the world. It's the flesh. It's the devil that beats us, hurts us. But that's not how he is. And so the Lord wants to deliver you from that, heal your life, set you free, set you free to really have that kind of communion and relationship with Him. And I think also this thing about really seeing God. This is what Pharaoh said when Moses went to him. The Lord said, set my, set my people free. And this is what Pharaoh said, well, who's the Lord? That I should obey His commands. That's what he said. Who's the Lord? I'm not going to do what the Lord wants. I don't even know the Lord. Who is He? And you see, God really wants to reveal who He really is to you and I in a new way, in fresh ways. It's the greatest thing. It's the greatest journey we'll ever take is really getting to see God for who God really is. And we discover He was nothing like we thought He was. And we discover He's the most wonderful being. And that everything we ever wanted and ever desired, He is in Him. And as we get to know Him, He begins to allow us to experience Him just in unprecedented ways. So, Father, right now, I just want to pray for people. I want to pray for all those in this room this morning that are very much like, like our dog was, Lord, just so full of fear. And I just pray right now that you would do something for them, that you would somehow convince them that you're not, not like they think you are. I pray you'd heal them from the hurts of being beat on and rejected and messed up, Lord. Help them to see themselves the way you see them. Help them to see you. Help them to see that you love them. That dog would bite the fire out if you grabbed him. That's what happens a lot of people. You grab them trying to help them, they just bite you. Because they don't really see this help because they, they're so hurt. Just ask the Lord to heal you if you're that person right now. Just say, Lord, would you just heal me? Would you, would you just send the word of your grace into my life right now? Heal those dark places in me. Free me from from that pain, Father. Heal me and free me. Liberate me today. Liberate me to see. Liberate me to hear in a fresh way. Liberate me to see you like I've never seen you before. Liberate me to begin to see myself, my true self, and know my true self. To know my true calling. To really experience real security. And to be able to experience really someone providing for me and caring for me. That I'm not responsible. I can't carry those things anymore. I just pray you'd release that in this room right now, Lord. Lord, I ask you for a greater revelation of your grace. Right now. I ask you to release that great revelation of God and the word of His grace. 
Just speak it to people's hearts. Let them feel that grace coming in. Let them begin to see that grace river that flows from heaven that heals and liberates. We just thank you for it, Lord. We thank you this morning that we can, we can walk out of here today and we can begin some of the most exciting journeys ahead of us that we've ever had. One thing that that is happening with people, a lot of people, is the Hebrews says that the blood of Jesus will cleanse our heart from an evil conscience. It says it in the context of faith. We can't operate in faith if we have a conscience that's messed up, because your faith will just continually pour. It's like it's got a hole in it. It pours out in the ground. That's something people really need right now. This is really easy. This is one of the easiest things in the world. If your conscience is bothering you right now, this is what you've got to do. All you need to do is just receive the blood of Jesus onto your conscience. It will cleanse cleanse your heart from that evil conscience. The evil will go. It will flee. You'll be free right immediately. And then you can begin to have faith again. You can have faith to hear. You can have faith to do. Just ask, if that's you this morning, if you have a conscience that's bothering you, the blood's the answer. That's, that's the, the one answer. That's the only answer that the Bible really gives us for evil conscience. If your conscience is condemning you, if you feel that, just say, Holy Spirit, just put the blood on my conscience right now. Just wash it. Just wash it. Wash away all that evil so I can be free. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord's good, isn't he? I mean, the Lord is so good. We want to pray for people. If anybody would like prayer, we, can we get some people over here to pray? And we, if you want to pray, and we want to release more of God's healing virtue and release you more into your inheritance, release more of His cleansing upon you. If you just come up, we'd love to pray for you. God will touch you, I promise. If you feel like you're really not operating in that revelation of grace, come up here. Let someone pray for you. Let them release more of that revelation of grace on you, the word of His grace. And I can promise you, it'll change your life. That person inside all that beautiful armor, which is you, will be, can be completely made whole and healed. Lord bless you. Amen.